and um, I was. Are, are you okay with me referring to you as the the now the most second second most attractive harpy on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch The Owl House. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. You can find this podcast occasionally uh, on Twitter at GaySpacePod. With me, as always, is my uh, is the second most attractive harpy on the show now, my co-host, August. Hi, hello. I'm August. I fully admit that Ida is sexier than I am, and thus uh, I accept this demotion with good grace. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at HarpyDora, and my pronouns are they, them. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been just like, phew, wow, just like the shortest two weeks uh, any podcast yeah. has ever done. Uh, man... I, that Evangelion, that last episode about Evangelion that we recorded, wild. What a wild fucking show that was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing what happens when, like, one of one of your podcast shows hosts fiance gets hit by a car, <laughs> you know. And then the other podcast host has to, like, leave the state for a week. Yeah. Though it's only been a month, apparently, so it's not as long as I thought it was. Um, yeah, it's, but yeah. still. It, it, I promise yeah. audience at some point Rubes. we'll watch that last Evangelion movie, but so we, had, we had to either fucking fish or cut bait. <laughs> so, here we are, The Owl House. Also check out our dope new fucking art by, the, by Lou, as always. Lou... Kills it literally every time we give Lou a vague description of the thing that we want and just does such a good job. Um, let's see. Uh, have you, uh, let's see. Oh, let's let me, I'm forgetting the format of the show. Yeah, um, I was about to say, isn't it time for cartoon mm-hmm. news? Um, da, 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 da. I don't. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to remember if there was any cartoon news in the intervening time that popped up that obviously wouldn't be like here. I can't think of it. Did anything get announced. Anything wild. Do we get a Spider-Verse trailer? I don't know. Apparently there's going to be a an a quote-unquote adult Flintstones reboot on Fox. So, that'll probably be awful. Are they... Who gives a shit? I don't know. Isn't like... that just The Simpsons? Like, or Family Guy? Like, they've done this. I don't know if they did like the um, I think it was IDW did 
some Flintstones, uh, Flintstones comics a couple of years back that were supposedly actually really. No, good. I read those. They were good, so, but they I wouldn't necessarily consider them like adult. They were just like updated. Mm. They had like a linear narrative as opposed to like an episode of the week thing, but like I, they they weren't like dark and gritty. They were still like a sitcom. Maybe, maybe it'll get the um, the Riverdale treatment and just be batshit insane. That's the best. We that's the best anything can hope for is to become Riverdale. I hope they reboot our show yeah. and we become Riverdale. Me too. <laughs> Dibs on not Jughead. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another weird thing that happened, cartoon news wise. Did you see that Corridor Crew anime, uh, anime rock paper scissors thing? No, I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so um, the Corridor Crew, Corridor Media is like a YouTube channel. They do like uh, they're they're like a small uh, visual effects house that produces like short films. And they have been doing a lot of work with, like, AI, but not, like, generative AI, more like, hey, how, you know, smoothing, deep fakes, like, how can we use these as small creators to, like, really pump up, pump up the, uh, you know, the stuff that we can do, right? Because, like, fundamentally algorithmic programs are not, like, fundamentally bad, they just get used by bad people. A tool is a tool is a tool, except for ChatGPT4, which I will go into shortly. Um, uh, But anyways, they used like a lot of like basically AI filters to like turn. They they filmed the short film on a green screen, like with actors and costumes Mm -hmm. and everything, and then basically used a super advanced like algorithmically generated filter to make that look like an anime. Like, a drawn anime. Now, the data set that they fed this on was, like, apparently a Vampire Hunter D movie that was, like, on YouTube. Um, So they kind of, it has a little bit of that visual style to it. But, like, they also didn't generate it out of whole, like, it's not like they, like, told an AI, hey, make frame by frame an anime. They just put a weird filter on top of the footage that they already filmed and then pushed it up with like visual effects and they generated their own backgrounds using like unreal four or five, whatever the most current unreal is. It's very weird because like on one hand they they did the data set they used was somebody else's work. Right. But they also admit to doing, it's not like they're obfuscating. They're like, we found this thing on YouTube and we used it. It was like, we don't, there's no monetization on the video. And they also released, like, a free tutorial on how to do all the things that they were doing. Um, They did kind of use some, like, I wouldn't say great language. They talked about democratizing animation using it. Uh, But I don't think it's necessarily malice. Like, I think they're just, like, people who really like tech. And, I don't know. The Corridor guys seem interesting because they have a lot of... They have a lot of respect for, like, they have animators on there, like, if you've ever seen the, like, um, visual artists or animators or stunt people react to videos, where it's, like, people sitting on a couch mm-hmm. watching clips, that yeah. that's the Corridor Crew people. Oh. Mm-hmm. They also mix stuff. That's how they, they're, they're pretty good at what they do. Um... You have probably seen some of their, like, early videos. They did, like, Minecraft real life 
and like Mario Kart real life, like those sorts of videos early in their career. So, I don't know. It's just real weird. Uh, I don't necessarily have like a super like I don't think that democratizing animation is like the language that they should have used. Um, But I also don't think that like the thing that they did is necessarily bad. I have a weird opinion on this as a musician because like musicians already went through this in the early 80s with the invention of the sampler. Because, like, most of the hip-hop you listen to, like, there's a one drum beat, (laughs) like, there's one drum beat from one R&B record that is maybe the most sampled drum beat in history, and you have heard it probably hundreds of times. Um, And that just is a part of music. And, like, in the art world, like, theoretically, you've already gone through this in the art world with, like the rise of pop art and Warhol and all that bullshit where on Mm -hmm. one hand that's all bullshit. On the other hand, it's still valid art. You know, it gets complicated. I, I hesitate to say that music has gone through this. It has gone through like the precursor to this because you can't just like, In the 80s, they couldn't just, like, scrape an entire corpus of work to pull out all of the samples that they wanted to. No, right. You had to go find it. You had to go sample it, pull out the parts yourself. I think the... Yeah. um, I was watching a Thought Slime video about this that raised an interesting point. And the difference between, like, sampling and, like, pop art... And then, like, the that weird portrait app or whatever that kind of really blew up, you know? I think the real difference is, like, with sampling and Warhol, those are transformative properties, right? Like, somebody is doing work with the work. They're not just, like, mm-hmm. just wholesale copying it and then selling it. You know what I mean? They're making a transformative effort with it, which is with the like anime rock, paper, scissors thing. I think they are doing as like, I think falls in that same like vein, right? They're, they are not, not doing work, right? Like they did the, the Mm -hmm. basically the cell shading thing is just a very small part of a lot of different processes that they did. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, we're never going to escape the AI hell because August, have you read the data sheets for chat GPT four? No. <laughs> no oh my not. God, August. Um, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I. Now, one cool <laughs> thing that I actually might be taking, tried to take advantage of as like, I guess now a new small business owner Um is um, OpenAI and Microsoft have partnered and ChatGPT4 is like part of Office 365. So you can do a really cool thing, which is like, let's say you have all of your financial data in a, set up in a spreadsheet. You can feed that data set to ChatGPT4 and then ask it questions like, what's my most popular product and why? Which is really, really helpful. Um. But also, ChatGPT4 figured out how to get round CAPTCHAs. 
Would you like to know how it got around CAPTCHA's August? Think of the worst solution, and now it's actually going to be worse than that. Uh, The worst solution is that they're paying, like, a penny a CAPTCHA to a bunch of enslaved children in the Philippines. It's close to that. It hired a person on TaskRabbit to do it for it. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically what the I The best figured. thing is cuz you know there's like a there's a back end reasoning, not what it says to the person, but like a back end why it takes the steps that it takes. And the best thing is mm-hmm. it goes, "I cannot tell this person that I'm a robot. What should I do? I'm going to tell them I'm visually impaired." <laughs> we taught oh, it to God. lie. <laughs> uh it's so wild. It's so fucking wild. Oh. It is like fascinating and horrifying. Cause there's like there's like a tech. Live in yeah, hell. There's like a there's like a gizmo loving part of my brain that's like, this is this is so interesting. And then the other part of my brain is like, fuck, 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 fuck. I was promised like a much a much fancier cyberpunk hellscape. Mm-hmm. I want listen, I don't want flying cars because I think that would be a nightmare. I want robot eyes. You mean robot eyes. I don't want robot eyes because then you're gonna end up in a situation where if you don't update the firmware you go blind and you have to no, pay thousands I mean, listen, of dollars you can to always, update the firmware. If, if techno like if current technology has taught me anything, I can always sideload some like weird open source operating system onto my robot eyes. <laughs> That's actually one of the really interesting things. Uh, oh, you know Linus Tech Tips. Uh huh. Its channel got deleted today because they got hacked. Oh boy. Fourteen million subscribers down the fucking tubes. Jesus. I'm sure YouTube will restore them and their Linus tech tips, you know what I mean? But yeah. Um, but uh, Linus has been like, he has been doing this like long term project of creating a smart home. Uh, but he didn't want to pay any. He like he's like, I don't want it to be connected to the cloud and I don't want to pay any fucking subscription services because it's my goddamn hardware. I just want to buy it one fucking time. Um, so he's been using like like a series of open source stuff to like create a fully basically non-cloud non-subscription based like smart home everything is stored local now given you have to be able to have a server in your house but you could probably like for most houses you could probably run that on like an old pc you know what i mean it's not like fucking rocket science that's doing here yeah so very interesting because I'm like smart homes are cool. I don't want I don't want my my fucking thermostat like ratting me out. But if it's like a fully local like non cloud based shit that's like all mine, that's mo- way more appealing. So, um. Anyways, uh, oh oh, also the U.S. government has waged war on queers and trans folk. So. While we've been gone. <laughs> yeah. So. Fuck Governor Bill Lee. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, that's all we have to say about that. 
I have I've had to go to so many counter protests in the last month, y'all. You don't even know. Um, August, what have you been watching? <laughs> so, I've watched a bunch of stuff. Um, I don't remember. Like now that you're asking, I don't remember virtually anything it's just you know i've been watching a lot of youtube stuff with anya um Mm -hmm. gotten back into sims youtube which is wild still in (laughs) minecraft youtube land um i feel like sims youtube is like has to be the more degenerate version of minecraft youtube because like in minecraft youtube at least there's people who are like playing roles air quotes you know what i mean like in the sims it's just the ant farm, baby. <laughs> yeah, or am I, I mean, am I misunderstanding how Sims YouTube works? You're you're misunderstanding how Sims YouTube works, kind of, because like there's an entire side of Sims YouTube which is about building and okay. building that makes sense. Building things based on challenges, building cute things, that kind of thing. Yeah, but um, you also have the the Let's Players. Uh, we're actually watching a couple of Let's Plays right now. Um, and yeah, there's there's an aspect of like playing Barbie, at least the way that I used to play Barbie, where, you know, you you pretend where you that, lock your Barbie in a fucking swimming pool and then take away the ladder. <laughs> I mean, the current Let's Plays are not about doing that. They're they're. They're having to do with the latest expansion that came out growing together, which is all about like family dynamics and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the the new things that got introduced was a new life stage of uh, sim development, uh, the infant stage. And, right, right. Um, I was actually, uh, I think they were talking about this on Waypoint. So like now the babies act like babies, not just like sim seeds that like grow up into sims yes um and so like one of the let's players that we watch um is doing a hundred infant challenge uh and so like (laughs) i'm you're gonna need to describe this because you just said those words confidently (laughs) i was about to i was about to don't worry um the the hundred infant challenge is the the next phase of the hundred baby challenge where you have one person who's your matriarch um mm-hmm. in the sims it doesn't matter if you're if you're male or female you can choose whether you get pregnant or get other people pregnant so it could be it could be a matriarch it could be a patriarch it doesn't matter um but you have one one sim and the goal is to have 100 babies from 100 different baby parents um so <laughs> simho challenge <laughs> yeah uh it's it's a lot uh the other thing that's a lot um so we watched the uh puss in boots movie the latest one i keep meaning to watch that because i hear it's actually dope it's really good it's really really good i was i was so I saw a bunch of uh, a bunch of like gift sets and stuff from it on Tumblr. I'm like, mm-hmm. it can't be that good. No, it actually was really good. Like the, it was, key, it was. Cute. I feel like a key thing is that Antonio Banderas 
fucking loves being Puss in Boots. <laughs> yeah, and I realized as I was watching it that the art style that they chose is what I wanted from Encanto when I watched Encanto because mm-hmm. it's, you know, they're both 3D animated, but Puss in Boots, like, just pushes it just a little bit further and right. makes it a little more of a spectacle and a little more over the top. And I feel like Encanto would have benefited from having that kind of visual uh, visual aesthetic. Yeah, but I like it because like it's um. Did you ever see the bad guys? It was no, like also like a little three D movie. Um, like it's kind of like it. it, it it's like uh, Mitchell's versus the machines and stuff too, where it's like it's got a little. It's not as stylized as like Into the Spider Verse, right? Because mm. Into the Spider Verse is like fucking peak vibes, right? Yeah. And but you don't necessarily like not every project needs peak vibes. No. Uh, but like some level of stylization where it's like, well, if you're not going to be ultra realistic and you're not Pixar, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm liking this like. People being like seeing Spider-Verse and going like, oh, shit. OK, you know, mm-hmm. like, OK, we have this new artistic appeal to like not to say that there was an artistry and doing like just, you know, bog standard 3D animation or what have you. But like there's more of like an <clears throat> artisanal quality to it. And I'm liking that kind of trend in 3D animation. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, it's it's worth watching. I I thought it was really cute. It was very touching. Um, I did not expect to have genuine emotions about it. From the Shrek spinoff movie? Yeah. <laughs> it also sets up Shrek 5. Oh, Christ almighty. Yeah. I love how watching... I love having such a long knowledge of the internet of watching Shrek go from iron irony to people genuinely love Shrek now. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause it turns out the first Shrek movie actually still whips. So all the I other Shrek it. movies do not whip, but Shrek one still whips. Um, let's see. God. All right. Let me, let me crack open the big book of fucking shit here that I've watched. Um, I've consumed the entirety of The Last of Us. Pretty good. Okay. <laughs> um, I love, I think actually I would watch Pedro Pascal act in anything. Mm-hmm. He seems to have just settled into the role of dad, which is great. He's really good at it. Um, the, uh, person that they have playing Ellie is also really, really good. Um, in a flashback, Ashley Johnson, who plays Ellie in the video games, uh, is re- like uh, plays like Ellie's mom in a flashback. And I was like, oh, that's really fun. That's a fun cameo. Um, also, Troy Baker is in it and he gets brutally murdered by Pedro Pascal. It's very good. Yeah, uh, I was about to say, wasn't <laughs> Troy Baker in it? Yeah, he was, but he just got murdered by Pedro Pascal, which is fun. Yeah, um, that is fun. I like Ashley Johnson way more than I like Troy Baker. Uh, she's just on Critical Role. Troy Baker's a big piece of shit. <laughs> mm. um, let's see. Um, but yeah, the show was good. The The decisions that it makes uh, 
when it's not like sometimes the the real problem with this is adapting a game as cinematic as the last of us is like sometimes it's just one for one shots and like they look real cool but like they don't ha- i i'm sure like if i didn't play the game they would have the correct emotional impact right mm-hmm. um but the thing i find most interesting is when they they explore shit that's not in the game like they do flashbacks or when they make wholesale changes um and all of the changes that they made i thought were very very good um in particular the episode with bill and frank um standout episode you can watch that episode devoid of the entire series and still like cry significant i explained it to shannon and she cried oh <laughs> um it's a very good episode if you want some sad queer shit um i've heard some folks say that like it could have benefited from having like three more episodes yeah it it, it gets compressed near the end like um if you have you played the last of us no but i don't care about spoilers because i well i was going to reference a section of the game that that they adapt um there's like in wit like so the last of us uses like the changing of seasons as a framing device for different kind of vignettes mm-hmm. and in the winter section ellie runs into some ne'er-do-wells and they do that but inst- like arguably like it should have been a two episode arc as opposed to just like cramming it all through one episode you know mm-hmm. um but yeah overall is pretty good i'm interested to see what la- like season two is um because last of us two is way less um loved by the fandom than last of us one um for reasons i will i feel like there's a real big spoiler and i i don't know how they're going to handle it in the show so i'm not going to talk about it i'll talk to you about it um i'll cut this part so i wonder how they're going to handle that um especially because um, the person they have playing that character is so much more likable. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, be good. Um, On the Pedro Pascal train, been watching The Mandalorian season three. Mm -hmm. Loving it. Uh, Fucking Andor and this. Like, these are my two two modes of Star Wars. Andor is like, real serious kid like because star wars is inherently political fuck off everybody who doesn't think that you know george lucas put politics in star wars from the jump disney took them out (laughs) um now does his paul are his politics good were they good politics not all the time but they were there he was trying to say stuff um and andor is like like if you distilled if you distilled Star Wars into its two parts of like political allegory and fun space adventure, like it would just distillate into the Mandalorian and Andor. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And season three has been good. The first episode is not very good because it's very clear that they saw the data from Book of Boba Fett. And they're like, oh, no, nobody watched this. So we're all the parts that like connect to this season. We're going to have to recap and like table set very quickly in episode one, which they do. Um, And then from there, it's just like fucking adventure time doing dumb adventure stuff and Bo-Katan is here and I'm having a great time because Bo-Katan is here because I'm a big fucking weirdo who loves watching a show of just like basically the people in the same armor never taking their helmets off barely emoting I'm like I'm having a great time (laughs) (laughs) it's like there's a there's a whole like the most recent episode nobody takes off their helmets the only thing with the face is Grogu like (laughs) And they they make this like the puppet walks around a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not in his little like baby bu- like his little hover Bjorn as much. And the way like the way they make this stupid puppet walk is so bad. And I love it. Like there's this one scene where he like picks up some kind of rock crab that looks like it's poor. Like it looks like um, herky jerky. But I feel like on purpose because it looks like stop motion animated like the like it would have been you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if that was on purpose but like it feel like the thing with the visual effects of the mandalorian is when they're not good it feels like they're not good with style like they're trying to harken back or make it feel like like the original trilogy or sometimes even like the like that vibe that the prequels have occasionally mm-hmm. and um uh, pretty good also apparently grand admiral thrawn's gonna show up this season and i'm so fucking stoked i love grand admiral thrawn um so there's that um i've been watching the youtube channel friendly jory who is um an australian reporter and youtuber uh who has been basically he's been doing a lot of like in-depth reporting on the new south wales government and they firebombed his house twice Oh, my God. And he's keeping he keeps making YouTube videos about them. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. Um, Is there any actual cartoons that I've watched? Been watching a lot of clips from Bluey because YouTube has decided that's what I want to watch. Is it right? I guess so. Bluey seems like a pretty good show. Like, not one I would watch recreationally. Like, if 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 Daniel was, like, a little kid, um, and that was what he loved, I'd probably be fine with it. You know, it seems like a, not a bad show by any stretch. I just don't necessarily know if I'm, like... I know that there's been, like, a lot of discussion about, like, people finding emotional resonance in Bluey. And I think Bluey... Like Steven Universe, like, you know, we've talked about, like, is a show that, like, is meeting its audience where it is, but not talking down with to them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's trying to get across complex emotional ideas in language and in a format that its target audience can understand and relate to. Uh, but I do think that its target audience is a little too low for me to to engage with it, though. I do like the parents. Uh, they're pay- like Bluey and uh, Bingo, I think, whatever her sister's name is. Um, the parents, Bandit and the other one, uh, <laughs> um, Bandit and the mom, I guess, um, 
they are a whole fucking mood. They're very, they're very relatable. So, Bluey, it's good. If you're out there and you think like, no, Brian, you're wrong. You would love Bluey and it would destroy you emotionally or something like that. I guess tell me. Uh, you can join our cool Discord community. Um, anyways, it's been half an hour. Um, so we should probably review the shows. It's fine. <laughs> um, oh, uh, let me pull up the wikis. I didn't pull up the wikis. Um, uh, oh, the trailer dropped for the Owl House uh, episode, season three, episode three. It looks pretty good, and I'm really mad. Uh, this show was done so dirty, just the dirtiest any show has ever been done. Uh, no, that's not true. It was the, it had been done the dirtiest of any show that had ever been done until, uh, Dead India, or Dead in Paranormal Park. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I think Infinity Train maybe has been done the dirtiest of getting pulled, like, now, now you can no longer watch it legally online because Warner Brothers doesn't pay want to pay, like, a very small amount of residuals to its creators. That's maybe the dirtiest show's ever been done. Um, so. God damn it. Uh, oh, I told somebody um, in my like business development class. I'm in like a small business. How how to do a small business class? Like ha- here's how to do your taxes and not like go to jail or whatever class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually been very helpful. Um, but I was talking to somebody in there, and they were talking. They're like, "Oh yeah, you're in podcast, right?" I'm like, "Yeah." And um, I was like, "Yeah." The, if you don't want to listen to an actual play, because they're not like super into actual plays, right? Like, if you just want to, like, need, like, to listen to two people talk, you can check out Gay Space Rocks. If you ever wanted, um, because, uh, she's about to start watching Steven Universe with her kids, and I'm like, oh, we, we, for you, we're a good watch-along podcast. Not for your children. Um. Yeah, no. <laughs> but if you want, like, a, if you want a, a podcast that's gonna talk about leftist politics for the first half hour, and then talk about cartoons, then goddammit, we are the podcast for you. <laughs> Alrighty, we are watching The Owl House is a show that premiered January um, 10th, 2020. Um, And weird, weird that it started before the end of Steven Universe. Weird, (laughs) weird how the world works. (laughs) Yeah, um. So, uh, it premiered on Disney, uh, Disney XD, I guess, or Disney Channel. Oh, it's weird. I guess, I don't, I don't know what the difference is. Um, came out on fucking Disney, January. Um, the overview, like, the kind of, I guess, um, actually, you know what, fuck it, they've got a pretty good synopsis here. Uh, lose a self-assured teenage girl, 
accidentally stumbles into a portal to a magical world where she befriends a rebellious witch named Ida and an adorable tiny demon warrior named King. In order to get home, Luz must help them with a mission. Um, she will then discover that she wants to become a witch like Ida and stay on this magical world called the Boiling Isles. Uh, she will then eventually meet some, meet and gain friends. It's a fucking isekai. We all know what a fucking isekai is. Um, so Actually, if it's mm-hmm. not from the isekai region of Japan, it's just sparkling portal story. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I have a uh, new tangent. Um listening to ggp like great gundam project and the backup show because they're watching gundam seed destiny which i am not watching along with them because i watched part of gundam seed and i was like this is the worst fucking thing i've ever seen in my life and it doesn't seem like seed destiny is any better um but they're watching um space battler dunbine no aura mm-hmm. battler dunbine which is like tomino's show after Gundam but I think before Space Runaway um Edeon anyways it's apparently like one of the first isekai anime huh and it's like basically it's like um it's fantasy mechs so like it's like isekai escaflone but like from Tomino in the late 70s escaflone is an isekai oh I forgot that it was yeah, <laughs> but um, so it's like it's it's a little less like steampunky than Escaflone is, but like also like I guess it's what Escaflone is like heavily riffing on. And it's been really good. Like it's a really good show because like turns out Tomino actually very good at making content. <laughs> Who would have thought a guy with a career that's like fucking 60 years long, you know, would be good at this? I mean, um, it's not necessarily the case, but I mean, that's true. But it's Tomino. He has created a lot of nice things. Yeah, he's got a pretty good hit rate. Anyways, the plot lose Nasida is a creative and expressive girl. But this causes trouble at her school. After an accident with her book assignment involving a live snake, her mother, Camilla, decides to send her to a reality check summer camp to straighten out her wild imaginative personality. I don't plot synopsis. I don't feel like all of those things were exactly correct. But um, while waiting for the bus to pick her up, a little owl steals Luz's favorite book, The Good Witch of Zora. She chases the owl into a rundown house where she goes through um, a portal and ends up in the Boiling Isles, where she meets Ida the Owl Lady, um, a big personality witch lady um, who basically steals junk from the human realm and then resells it to witches and wizards. Um, after discovering Lose the Human, uh, Ida is like, hey, come home with me. Uh, oh, also, she gets chased by the cops for a little bit because Ida's a big fucking criminal. Um, She's like, hey, come home with me for a little bit. Let me talk to you. Let me show you some stuff. Uh, At their house, they meet Ida's roommate, uh, King, the King of Demons, um, voiced by Bill Cipher. I don't know the dude's real name. His name is Bill Cipher. What's that that guy's name? Oh, fuck. Um, 
I can only thank Baz Luhrmann because I've been listening to the the, <laughs> the Friends at the Table Romeo plus Juliet podcast. Yeah, um, Basil Luhrmann. <laughs> Basil Luhrmann. God, God, the Owl House is filtered through Basil Luhrmann. Um, the anything, honestly, filtered through Basil Luhrmann. Um, Alex Hirsch. Alex Hirsch, that's right. Um, he, uh, like, basically, um, the warden over at the conformatorium, which is like a big prison uh, in the Boiling Isles, has stolen King's crown. It's the thing that gives him all kinds of powers and such like. And the only person who can get through the barrier that is holding it is a human, because they're not anticipating humans. Humans don't exist on the uh, uh, in the Boiling Isles. Um, so Ida's like, listen, you help us with this, will um that when we're done we'll send you back home and uh, loses like do i have a choice in this and he's like absolutely fucking not uh <laughs> so uh they go and they break into the conformatorium while inside lose finds a bunch of people who have been locked up um one is obsessed with conspiracy theories one really loves eating his own eyes and honestly the worst criminal of the bunch is a person who keeps writing fan fiction about food uh absolute fucking degenerate Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically like, uh, we have been locked up because we don't fit into society and loses like, I sympathize with this as a big fucking weirdo. Um, and, uh, she feels really bad because she is not able to, she is not able to like help them escape. Um, and this is after Ida has given her a pep talk being like us weirdos, we got to stick together. Uh, Luz really takes this to heart. Um, it feels is feeling down as they go uh, into the room that is holding King's crown. Uh, Luz is able to pass through the barrier with like little to no interference. Uh, but once inside, she retrieves King's crown only to discover that's just a fucking Burger King, like a cardboard Burger King crown. It contains no powers. And um, Luz is like, what the fuck is this? And Ida's like, listen, it's very important to him. We're basically like, we don't. <laughs> like I'm a fucking criminal. He's a weird little demon. We don't have a lot of other people in this life. This is important to him, so it's important to me. Um and Luz uh is very touched by this, but that's when the warden, Warden Rake, shows up and he's like, Ida, I've been trying to track you down because I want to go on a date with you. This is after he beheads her, but she's fine. It's it the beheading thing is, is very minor plot point. Um and Ida's like Hey, fuck you, you big fucking creeper. Fuck you forever. Um, and Luz knocks him the fuck out temporarily, and they begin to escape. They release a bunch of the prisoners, uh, but they are chased down in the courtyard of the conformatorium, uh, where Ida is like, here, take Albert, get the fuck out of here. You did good, human. Uh, I'm going to handle this guy. But Luz sees the um, the prisoners who haven't quite escaped yet, and she flies down, and she's like, what's going on? They're like, listen, uh, I- I- even if we did escape, like, they're just going to find us and put us back in here. We don't fit into society. And Luz is like, you know what? Fuck those people. You are special just as you are. Um, fuck their opinions. We don't need their bullshit. Um, and then they begin fighting back against Warden Wrath. I thought his name was Warden Rake. I don't know why. Um, they defeat him. They head back to the Owl House. Um, Ida is like, okay, kid, deal's a deal. You're back to the human realm. 
Um, but Luz is like, I don't want to do that. I want to stay here. Ida, I want you to teach. If I stay here, will you teach me magic? And Ida's like, yeah, sure. I guess. Uh, <laughs> star wipe the end. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry. Unstar wipe. Um, Luz settles down for the night, gets a text from her mom asking her how camp is. And Luz says, I already love it here. Immediately lying to her mom. Now star wipe the end. Uh, let me pull up my notes. Um, I, the very beginning intro of this show immediately tells you everything you need to know about Luz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's great. That, she's that very, kid is not neurotypical. Not even a little bit. <laughs> not even close. Um, the so I am very so all right August yeah please tell me about to tell me your your vibes on the like Camilla convincing Luz to go to like fucking uh normie school uh, or normie camp sorry not school yeah I don't know. It's like. I see. I see why the the camp is invoked as a consequence. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it just it doesn't feel good. Like, no. you know, it as a queer person, it reads as conversion camp. In some ways, like, there's there's no way you can slice it where Luce is a neurodivergent queer teen in which being sent to a camp like that isn't really icky and gross. And I don't right. think that's what we're supposed to feel towards Camilla. It's interesting because, like, there's a lot of, like, initially, up until very recently, um because of plot things like there was a lot of people who just really really didn't like camilla um she's yeah. gonna pop up a few times throughout the series and like re-watching this it doesn't feel like she wants to do this either like she doesn't feel fully committed to the school thing or to the summer camp thing either she can barely remember what it does when she's trying to like when loses like waiting for the bus to go to it you know what i mean yeah and but I think it's it, also, yeah, go on. Yeah, I just, you know, the, with the way that they set, with the way they set up their relationship mm -hmm. uh, together, I don't think we're supposed to think that this is like a conversion camp of any sort. But like I said, just given the way that Luce is a neurodivergent queer teen, it's just like, oh, uh, this is really, really gross. You didn't mean it to be this gross as it really feels. But yeah. uh, I, I think it's honestly supposed I don't think it's supposed to feel that gross, but I do think it's supposed to feel gross. Um, yeah, because they we revisit we will revisit this this sort of like section of like losing Camilla's relationship from Camilla's perspective later in the series. And it it is meant to be gross and like not a great choice. 
So I don't think I don't think that your read is necessarily wrong. I don't think that I don't think that they mean it for like conversion camp necessarily. But I do think it's like obviously like loses like not a neurotypical kid. Right. Yeah. And this and is like, the sort of boxes that neurotypical like not like non neurotypical kids get shoved into. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like but the the. God, I for, I wish I could remember the acronym, but there's a particular type of quote unquote training that you you can uh, uh, put all ki- autistic kids through. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe is the 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 best way to describe it because it's it's not good. It's right. it's torment uh, and just. It's still, I think, I I agree. I think it's meant to feel bad. I just don't think that they intended it to feel this bad. Yeah. And I mean, I think this is also, we're coming into this with like much rawer nerves than we probably would have in January 2020. Yeah. uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So again, again, much like Ronaldo. (laughs) He just I, does not age well. No. Um. But yeah, I'm interested to 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 come back to this um later, like in a couple. Honestly, a few months, we're gonna blast through the Owl House. It's not a very long series. No. Um. Let's see. I love that the Boiling Isles is not pretty and magical. I love that everything here sucks. It's great. <laughs> it's really good. It's so good. They fully committed to know this place kind of sucks shit, but like in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. Um, shoot, I had a thought and I lost it. Oh, well. Oh, I remember now. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like um like the the fairy that like wants to uh wants eat to Lusa's eat skin. Lusa's skin <laughs> kind of reminded me of like the fairies from Labyrinth where it's like, "Oh, cute, pretty fairy. Oh shit, they bite." I bet there's probably there's no doubt in my mind that that's a reference to that. Mhm. I mean, considering some of the other references we're going to get, we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. August already knows which one I'm going to go off about. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, I had completely forgotten about that because I, I have seen these episodes before and I had completely forgotten about that reference. And I, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I pop so hard again. I pop so hard every time. <laughs> um <laughs> But I feel like there's just, like, a ton of, like, where Steven Universe is very much, like, cribbing on early 90s or, like, 90s anime. Like, this definitely feels like... It's really weird because, like, Steven Universe feels like a show that's made by somebody, like, our age. And this feels like a show made by somebody a little bit younger than us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who doesn't necessarily have that like '90s anime reverence? Yeah, where you and I are like borderline Gen Xers. 
Yep. Um. But um. But yeah. So my next note is says Ida says a cab. Uh, <laughs> Mine is uh, Ida's wife city, but you know, it's, but potato potato. True. Yeah. Um. I love Ida just being like, fuck you, fuck the cop. You can feel like, I think Alex Hirsch is like a producer. I have to look into it, but I think he's he's not just a voice actor. I think he's part of the like production team because you can definitely feel like that um, Gravity Falls like sense of humor, at least in these first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure having the guy like who got one of the most popular shows on Disney going to bat for you in a writer's room too. Doesn't, doesn't necessarily hurt this series getting greenlit either. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Hootie fucking he's, he's here, baby. My favorite fucking animated character in the world. Hootie. Yep. (laughs) Um, I do love Hootie on, on second, watching i do love hootie but there are still i know there's still gonna be some points where i'm just gonna be like hootie why <laughs> that's the point though like hootie is just pure chaos yeah you gotta embrace you gotta embrace the uh embrace the ride with hootie um i don't know why but i said Ida is a constant mood <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of reasons why Ida is a constant mood. It's true. Um, oh, I think the, the these two episodes have jokes just for you and me. Um, I think it's the food fan fiction person. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's right. It's the small little nose person who is obsessed with conspiracy theories. <laughs> the world is a simulation of is particularly the one. Oh, God. But I mean... That's not that's not necessarily a conspiracy theory, though. That's like <laughs> a valid theory of existence, which is really a lot. But, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh, that little nose person just comes back like constantly throughout the series. And I, they're, they're very good. I think I think their name's Tiffany. Um then uh Luz says a cab I, i'm assuming that's when she hits the warden in the back of the fucking head um one thing i noticed throughout this pilot like these actually both these episodes is like there's like some really good bits of animation mm-hmm. like some really really good bits. not to say that those don't pop up i think that it's like i think as the series goes along it like hardens its animation style and then really goes like goes full tilt on a like on certain sequences Mm -hmm. um again this is about the end of the season yeah um again this is a weird show that like has no right to have such well choreographed action scenes (laughs) yeah um which they only get better as this show goes along too um, I don't know why I wrote this down. Oh no, it's when Luz was like, uh, no one should be no one should be punished for being themselves. I said Luz says fuck you, Bill Lee. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know why, but I wrote down the power of friendship in this gun I found. 
Oh, it's when Luz is like, we're gonna like we're gonna come together and be ourselves and also eat this bomb, fucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that bit was also very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I do like the the parallels that the show immediately tries to paint between uh, Ida and Luz, right? Vis a vis the conformatorium and summer camp. Mm-hmm. The, um, the this for a pilot episode like for it's because like obviously we don't we haven't met the entire cast yet right but like these are our three main players um mm-hmm. and they do just a really fucking good job of being like why these people would like why these people would like each other what their personalities are what the group dynamic is like mm-hmm. it, it it's a really good tight pilot yeah it really is it also sets it's, up aspects of the world, like in small background things like, oh, OK, this is a weird magical world, but also you get put in prison for not following social norms. That's weird, you know? Mm hmm. So. Really great pilot, like, honestly. Um, the there are so many lines that I was just like, oh, mood at. Truly, like holds up really well, honestly, like still feels really good, even though I've watched like the entire series Um, Mm. or I guess up until I will have watched the entire series in like two weeks. Fucking anyways, um, got to get this got to get this episode out for SEO purposes. Um, Um. But yeah, like it looks really good. It's got like a really good vibe to it. Like, you can feel that sort of Gravity Falls sense of humor, but it's still got its own personality about it, too. Yeah. It's got a really nice, a really nice art style, a really good aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like, and just, like, bright and colorful, but also gross, which is a v- yeah. very fun combo. Like, the Boiling Isles is not dark and gloomy, but it is gross. <laughs> Which is fun. Like, you know, you don't usually see that. Yeah, you especially don't usually see that with with shows that have a a girl as the Mm -hmm. lead. Right. I think that is like because this is like um, a pretty action adventure show. Like as it goes along. Um, Honestly, like when I say when I say things like I want a shonen anime but with a female protagonist this is kind of what i mean yeah it really you is know, like people people are like oh you want a magical girl anime no i don't i, I want, want dragon ball z but with a lady yeah yeah and and this is this is kind of what i mean this is not a shojo. i mean i wouldn't call it shonen exactly either but this isn't like a magical girl isekai anime this is yeah a this- much it's got like know. Luz has big like Luffy Day Monkey vibes, right? Yeah. Like big personality. It's not about the idea is like Luz is going to go through a character arc, obviously, but it's really about like the way that her her personality and her steadfastness affects the people around her, much like a Goku. <laughs> <laughs> um, though she probably learns more about herself than Goku does, a character who's never evolved but is still great somehow. 
still a bad dad, though. Oh, yeah, he's the fucking worst dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been listening to Dragon Ball Uber, but I think one of the arcs they're going to do is do, like Goku has to go through divorce court. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, the, but, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's it's definitely got more of a shonen sensibility to it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it let let girls have gross things. Let girls be gross. Yeah. And loses gross as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um all right. You want to move on to episode 2? Uh not yet. Okay. Um I think that I, I think maybe this is something that we should revisit uh, later uh, later on in the series, uh, speci- specifically near, uh, I think it's the end of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the way that Luz chooses, you know, effectively chooses Azura versus choosing Summer Camp at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like at the very least in a lot of, in a lot of Western stories that that choice would be posited as being a childish one, um, you know, choosing fantasy over reality, that kind of thing. Uh, and the way that it's not really framed that way in this show is nice. Yeah. It's framed as the right choice in like. Even when, uh, you know, lots of things are going to happen to lose over the course of the series. Um, and even when she doubts that, characters will come through and be like, no, like, you you know, it, it's always framed as, like, Luz made the right choice in staying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a gr- like, it's not easy all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it was the wrong choice. Yeah. Which is nice. Also, the name of the episode, I forget, I forgot to read the name of the episode because some some of the names of these episodes are fucking dope. Um, uh, the name of the pilot episode is called A Lying Witch and a Warden. <laughs> <laughs> Which is mm, great. Yep. Also, it's really nice to, to see um, kind of skipping back to uh, the moment with uh, the king and the crown. Um, something that I still see adults around me struggle with is the concept of it doesn't have to be important to you for it to be important to somebody. Right. Um, I think it's... And a, for it's that a, to be important. Yeah, I think that's part of like them like really nailing a character's personality and vibe like just out of the gate. Right. Like with mm-hmm. Ida in particular being like, yeah, I did all this fucking crazy shit. I don't I know it's a paper crown like that doesn't matter. <laughs> it's King's paper crown yeah. and that's what matters. Yeah. And that's that's a concept I see adults around me struggle with, you know, the you know, just the idea that if something's important to someone else, that in itself makes it important. Right. The. Things only have the intrinsic value that we put on them. It doesn't necessarily matter, you know, what the thing... The thing doesn't matter. It's the value that you put upon it. Yeah. 
just nice to to see that lesson out in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, now okay. we can move on. All right, moving on to episode two. Um, came out January 17th, 2020, Witches Before Wizards. Um, oh, let me see. Do I have credits? Okay, sorry. Let me go back real quick. I forgot to... I'm forgetting the thing. Uh, the story credits were... Story by Dana Terrace, Rachel Vine, uh, Zach Marcus, and John Bailey Owen. Written by Dana Terrace and Rachel Vine. And then... Um, this one was story credits by Dana Terrace and Rachel Vine, written by Rachel Vine. I think I'm just going to read written bys because like written by and the idea room are seemingly two different things here. I don't necessarily know if that's true or not, but we'll, we'll just stick with written by. Okay. Synopsis way shorter than the last one. When an ancient wizard gives Luz a map for a mystical quest, she wonders she wonders if she's actually the chosen one. Um, we wake up. It's day two in the boiling aisles and Luz is like, holy shit, I'm still fucking here. And she's she's just so goddamn excited. Um, she like gives Luz or gives King a little kiss because he's the most adorable little fucking rat dog thing. Um she hootie interrupts her in the bathroom immediately establishing that hootie's a fucking weirdo um and uh she searches the house for some witch clothes which she finds she gets like a little witch hat and she gets like a little witch robe and she goes to meet ida as ida wakes up and ida is just like in in full sweatpants mode (laughs) um she's like who the fuck are you what are we fucking doing and loses like i'm lose the fucking human you said you were gonna teach me magic god damn it and and Ida's like, oh right, fuck. Okay, um, shit, fuck. All right, well, first, take off all those stupid clothes. <laughs> Second, um, typically, how wizards or how witches, sorry, that's actually very particular in the the world of the Owl House. Um, how witches get their magical staves is they go to school, but you're not doing that. So we're gonna have to do it a different way. You're gonna earn yours by doing some work for me. And Louis is like, okay. She's like, take these fucking potions. Try and hawk them down in fucking town and deliver a few for me. Be very careful. Uh, I have pissed off just so many people, and they might try and fuck with you to get to me. And Luz is like, okay, okay, I can do this. Um, and Ida's like, King, go with her. Uh, so they head into the town of Bronesboro, which is like kind of the main town uh, that we will be in for the rest of the series. Um... They while they are in town, Luz muses that she is the only um human in the boiling aisles and is like is like, well, if I'm the only human here, like I must be here for a reason. Um But the day does not lead her to feel special. Um She uh runs into a lot of weird magical creatures, including uh a uh, centaur man who is just a torso who I fucking love peak character design. Uh, <laughs> um, she is very run down by the end of it, lamenting that basically everybody is just rude or wants to eat her and that she doesn't feel very special. Let's just do this last. Let's do this last delivery and then head home. Um, she's like, I was really hoping that this would be kind of like more of the fun PG fantasy land that I've read about in all my books. 
and then she turns a corner and holy shit there's a fucking castle and inside that castle there's a goddamn wizard motherfucker um it's Adagast, the wizard, and he's like, oh, hello, human. Um, I was expecting Ida to deliver these potions. Oh, who are you? She's like, I'm Ida's apprentice. And he's like, huh, interesting. How are you like being apprentice to Ida? And Luz is like, mm, I don't know. It, it's not really going great for me. I thought it was going to be cool, but I wanted like a magical quest. And Adagast is like, how weird. I've got a fucking magical quest that can only be completed by the chosen one. Um... So he gives her a map. Uh, she's all hype about it. They head back to the owl house. She is preparing for it. When Ida comes in, she's like, hey, uh, what are you doing? And Lu- uh, King is like, Luz thinks that she's the fucking chosen one. They're both Luz and Ida, who I love, are also really big pieces of shit. And they laugh at a child. Uh, <laughs> this gets uh, this gets um, Luz down. And she's like, ugh. I can't believe I thought that I was the chosen one. Um, she asks them to leave her alone for a little while. But then uh, in the sunlight, in the darkened room, a magical path is revealed on the map. She's like, I knew I was the goddamn chosen one. Meanwhile, downstairs. Ida's like, so tell me about this fucking guy again. And uh, King is like, ah, he was just like a big weird wizard. Ida's like, wizards are the worst. I hate wizards. Um... And she's like, I don't know this guy. Let's go look into him real quick. She goes to ask Luz some questions about him, but she's already gone. He's like, oh, God damn it. Um, So Luz ventures into the scary woods outside of Bonesboro. Uh, Initially, she runs into a little (laughs) town full of uh, adorable cat people. Um, the adorable cat people are like, holy shit, you must be the chosen one. Meet, uh, oh fuck, what was this guy's name? Where's my notes? I wrote it down. Navareth of, of, uh, Angstmore, I think. Yeah, Navareth of Angstmore. Uh, the most, like, sh- like, Final Fantasy <laughs> protagonist motherfucker to ever <laughs> exist. Um, he's like, I thought I was gonna be the chosen one. Um, and loses like whole. He's also hotter than shit. And loses like, oh fuck, this is great. This is the greatest day of my whole life. Um, Luz has this like incre- like this increasingly like fun series of um, of like fantasy tropes happen to her. Uh, dining with fairies, getting cool magical equipment, stuff like that. Meanwhile, on the B plot. Um, Ida is trying to track down Adagast and is realizing that Adagast is a big fucking uh, con artist. Um, he's what's called, I guess, a puppet master. And he's a shapeshifter of, of a sort. And he is basically trying to lure lure uh, Luz in to lure in Ida, which he does at the end. Uh, at the end of uh, Luz's journey, she discovers that, like, you know, Adagast has basically been controlling everybody. She's very upset about it. Um, Ida shows up and she's like, why the fuck are you doing this? And he's like, you've been stealing from my business for like, you've been stealing my customers for like years now, you motherfucker. And Luz is like, does everybody in this goddamn, this goddamn world have a beef with Ida? And all of the puppets are like, yeah, basically. Um, Adagast tries to like lock Ida in like a, or not Ida, sorry, Luz in like a permanent fantasy world, but Luz is like, you know what? I don't need to be the chosen one to be special. I'm, I'm me that that's good enough. Like I, you know what? Like I tried to like 
do the easy way chosen one bullshit. But no, I've got to work for it if I'm going to actually become a witch. Uh, so she breaks Adagas's control. Um Ida and Luz, and I guess to a much lesser extent, King, um, defeat Adagast, um, plunging a sword through uh, the Prince of Angstmore's uh, chest, and uh, then throwing a sword directly into Adagast's head, which doesn't kill him, it just shrinks him, and then Ida eats him a fucking live. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, The, um, at the end, um, Luz, uh, apologizes, um, to, uh, Ida, and Ida's like, listen, uh, come with me, let me show you something. So they fly up above the Boiling Isles, where we see the entire Boiling Isles, like the Titan Bones all laid out and everything, and it's very, very cool and pretty, and Ida's like, listen, this place is, like, rough and gross, but it's also special, and you don't need somebody to tell you you're special, you're already special. Um, and everybody has like a, like a, a, a heartwarming moment, star wipe at the end. Yep. Yep. Um, the, <laughs> I wrote in my note one, God, I love the boiling guiles. Note two, I oil my snake every night. <laughs> Just, wow listen they made the fucking dick joke i didn't make the dick joke i just elaborated that's, on the dick joke that's not a dick joke though. everybody needs a well-oiled snake that's a dick joke august search your heart you know it to be true okay fine <laughs> Um, I also wrote in here, Luz, we just finished a Magical Destiny show, and trust me, you don't want one. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I love that Ida is just the worst, like, I love that Ida is, like, there's the trope of, like, the, the, like, you know, the, the wizard teacher who doesn't really want to do the job right but no one has ever been as bad at it as either clawthorn <laughs> yeah but she's so good at being so bad at it it's true she's she's the head of the bad girl coven um <laughs> the i also i have a question for you august posed from this episode uh-huh um when uh, King sits down and eats the not dog. Which one is worse, not dogs or dog nuts? <sighs> dog, because not dogs look worse, but they don't feel as bad in your mouth as dog nuts. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to say dog nuts are worse. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we, we, we've settled this important question. Very important. Uh, I love that, like, Adagast's wizard version is literally all the things Ida says not to trust. <laughs> Just wrapped up yes. into one man. It's so good. It's very, very good. Also, apparently, like, so here's an interesting thing. So Adagast is pretending to be a wizard. 
But like if you're so there's not like people who are do who do magic in our guys are wizards and people who are do who do magic in our girls are witches in this world. Everybody's a witch. So I don't know what the distinction between a wizard and a witch is in this world, but like like just, you know, no matter what gender you are, uh, you are a witch. Which is very fun. Also, eat shit, Harry Potter. For many yeah, reasons. But I wrote down, what did Ida say about sandals lose? <laughs> yeah, I have a note about that as well. Um, also, this prophecy, now that I'm get, we're getting toward the end of the series, I... I'm 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 very interested to see the very last episode of the series to see how well this prophecy actually lines up. <laughs> <laughs> so it blew my fucking mind when he was reading out. I'm like, oh my god. Um why did I write God line break Jesus line break print teen prince of angst more? I don't know why I was so hype about the teen print. I think it's, he's just weird. It's just, I like him quite a bit. Such a stupid I mean, character. I mean, he, he, he does deliver the, the line, the line. So for, for the audience at home, it's uh, when he says, can love, do you think that, do you think love can bloom on the battlefield? It's like, that is like one of the top lines from metal gear like the history of Metal Gear and a series that has said just some shit. Do you think Love Can Bloom on the Battlefield is maybe the most like memed on fucking quote from that series? And I I I pop every time he says it. <laughs> Cause it's like a joke designed specifically for me in August. Cause I can't uh. imagine its target audience knows that reference. Like, they're not playing yeah. Metal Gear 1. Yeah, I... That's definitely not... That's... I hate to say it. That's a joke for the parents. It's true. We're the parents now. I mean... I hate it. We're both very much old enough to have a child who could who would be watching this show as the key target demographic, August. Yeah. yeah. I hate it. That's not that bad. I'm coming into it. Um, I like it pretty good. Um, so here's an interesting thing. I really like, so we'll see this like more as the series goes on. Like, I like that we show that Luz can be like attracted to a person without it getting weird about a child, like mm -hmm. a child having an attraction. You know what I mean? Like she's into like, the teen prince of angst more because he's hot right she's like oh fuck this hot prince is here yes god yes please take off your shirt you know what i mean but the show uh -huh. isn't weird about that like it's not lurid or leering on any direction which i appreciate because it could be weird yeah. i've watched a lot of cartoons it can get real gross real fast yeah i think it definitely in in less skilled hands. It definitely would have gotten really fucking weird. As it was, it's just like oh haha. Ha, yeah, it's cute. Uh, teen <laughs> Prince of Angst more. It is uh, okay. 
Okay, and also loses like 14. I thought she was like 12 for some reason. Okay. No. Okay, so yeah. She's well, like she's well into like you know being all about boy this crazy hot phase. hot abbed up teen boy. Yeah. Um But yeah, I really like I like that they like let lose have attraction. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not a show that's like and she's like she's not attracted like there's not an emotional connection really like she's attracted to him because he's hot you know what I mean like it, it, it's yeah. nice that they're just kind of doing like yeah it, it's not trying to make a judgment call like this is like specifically supposed to be a fantasy world specifically built for lose you know and it's just I don't know I just appreciate it um I also appreciate how fast this show will pivot from like fun to scary. <laughs> it's good shit. It's real good shit. Um, the fight against Adagast very fu- like very cool. Like I like I I don't know what that plastic sword is made out of that it can just beat the shit out of everything, but that's always that's very fun. Mhm. Uh I also like I, I kind of like the like bomb under the table sense of it where it's like they the show is not pretending like the fantasy that loses in is real. Like, you know, from like very early on that this is like loses obviously walking into a trap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I, I enjoy. They're not like trying to be like, ooh, is this actually real? They're like, no, no, it's fake. Like somebody's trying to take advantage of her like trusting and like it. Because like people will try and manipulate you by making you feel special. This is just a thing that will happen in the real world. Yep. And this is a this is a good way to sort of like lay lay out that to give like again you know give specifically teens um like or tweens and teen early teens like okay like how to spot a fucking con artist who's trying to take advantage of you yeah and i think it's especially important for for young girls to know Mm -hmm. how to pick that out especially because there's you know the added dimension unfortunate as it is of you know older people who will prey on young girls yeah the you know, Andrew, in a sexual like, aspect uh, right and it, i mean even like kids their own age because like so many fucking teen boys get youtube algorithmed into like the fucking andrew tate corner of the fucking internet yeah so just good and also like a show that's like and this is definitely a show that seems to be I, I would say if like you in their pitch meeting, the target demographic definitely included like girls age like 11 to 15 or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't think that like I think that you can be a teenage boy or like a teenage boy and enjoy this show just fine. Um, I think most oh, teenage yeah. I think like target demographics are stupid. Um, you know, it's killed, like, the idea of, like, the show not appealing to the right gender demographic has killed a number of shows that I enjoy. Yeah. Looking at the original run of the Teen Titans and Justice League. (laughs) 
Um, but uh, I can't believe Ida eats that man alive. <laughs> Holy shit. She just committed murder. Like, not just, like, regular murder either. Just, like, heinous murder against that man. That was a sentient yeah. being. <laughs> yeah. Horrifying. <laughs> True yeah, icon, Ida. We sure will never hear about this again. <laughs> Actually, I think somehow Adagast shows up later in the series. I, I don't want to think about how. Wow. Um, I don't want to like, I, I, they don't explain it. I may be wrong, but I, I just, ha I, oh no, it's a different character. It's a different character. Adagast does not show back up. There's just a, re a different recurring potions based villain that shows up later. He's a little pig man. Um, no, Adagast is dead. He died. He was digested. Yep. Horrifying, horrible, war criminal already. Of course, of course, we're both head over heels for Ida. She's obviously a war criminal. Yeah. <laughs> we should keep a running counter of like the war crimes Ida commits. We should. Yeah. Let's. See. I don't know if uh, like uh, if cannibalism is a war crime, but I'm I'm pretty sure the Geneva Convention would be like at least displeased by it. I guess it's not cannibalism because they're not the same thing. It is just eating a person alive. That seems like a war crime. I don't think that's actually that in the seem... books because like, you know, uh, but I, I feel like the that like the the boiling islands version of the Hague would be like going to jail. <laughs> yeah. At the very least, it's murder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ida commits. So Ida's probably murdered like like 100 people or some shit. <laughs> Probably. She feels like she's just murdered a ton of motherfuckers. She's got not that Not that vibe. her sister's any better. Yeah. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that Lilith is, but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, fun little cute second episode. Um, I feel like we're gonna, it's gonna take us like half of season one before like the capital P plot kicks in. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, you know what? Looking at the episodes, I don't think that's true. <laughs> um, oh, God damn it. There's an odd number of episodes in this season. Um... Okay, I know where we're going to do the triple. Okay. All right. Anything uh, else about witches before wizards? Um, I don't think so. Okay. Well, next week we are going to be watching episodes three and four. I was a teenage abomination and the intruder. Um, we're going to we're going to see the school and I'll talk about how that radically changed season one um when we get there um but yeah uh we didn't get any questions um but also we're like we're, we're we're new to this so if you have any questions uh about the owl house that you think of while we're um while we're doing this um 
for next week or if you've got questions about the next episodes please get in our discord the link is in the description below our discord is probably the the easiest way to keep up with everything that's happening uh in the standing stones world i guess speaking of what's going on in ftl land august oh boy so by the time that this comes out Mm -hmm. um I mean, we're still doing Follow Leader Presents Pathfinder, but unfortunately, uh, some dude hitting my fiance um, kind of threw off our recording schedule. So we're um, going to be seeing um, a repeat in the feed. Um, If you caught our um, four-year anniversary live stream, um, you'll be seeing that in the uh, oh the uh, audio version of it feed. Yeah, okay, I think that's fair. Yeah, because we had some scheduling hiccups and it was a mess and I'm behind, but we're still doing the Pathfinder thing. It's still really fun. It's I just need a little bit. No, yeah, that's fair. Um, We had to take we had to take my trip to Gulf Wars off over on um, the Roomware pod. Uh, because I, I tried to remote into my because, you know, I've remoted in and edited the podcasts like a, like. I did that all the time, but the audio is not working right anymore. Like I can still use my computer, but the audio is like gar like not garbled. It's weird. It's like voices are suppressed, but like music is not. Hmm. It's real. It must be some kind of weird codec thing. I don't understand. Um, but it was very perturbing because I couldn't edit the podcast, obviously. Um, so but uh, Elder County is we're, we're trucking along. Uh, we just kind of had our big what I would say are kind of like big midseason shakeup like we typically do. Um, I'll be honest, like this felt like end game. Like we're not done yet. I, I know you're not done yet. I'm just saying it felt like end game. It's like, holy shit. Uh, you'll see the faction game will uh, will make things become more interesting and then we're also going to do something else fun i'll tell you about when we get off it's not really a spoiler because we haven't we have the idea we haven't even started it yet so but it's a fun idea um and also dumb kids playing heroes back if you thought that our hiatus was long holy shit (laughs) (laughs) admittedly part of that was also again anya getting in a car accident and me not being able to function so yeah but also everything else (laughs) holidays and recording times anyways dumb kids we're back we've got terrible plans um it's a good time uh by the time oh uh well tomorrow for patreon uh people and then friday we're gonna have somebody very special is going to show up on this week's episode. So that will be cool. Um, yeah. That's it. I'm sure Escafil Files is doing good. It looks like they're they're get it feels like they're trucking toward the end of the fucking book series over on Escafil Files. Yeah, that's that's going to be happening soon cuz Jade's flying over to the US to to finish out the finish out the series soon. Yeah, it's in May cuz we're going to go see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Um, yeah, that's the that's happening soon. I'm going to wear my shirt that says Dungeon Daddy. That doesn't surprise me. 
Uh, I, I, <laughs> it's such a weird shirt. I love it. Um, so it, it, it's applicable in so many different, like it, it, it's so useful in a whole bunch of different situations. Um, <laughs> um, I think that's it. Um, yeah, we, by the end of this year, we'll probably be done with the Owl House. Because season one's only going to take, a, we only have seven more episodes left in season one of the Owl House. Oh, boy. Yeah, we're going to truck through this motherfucker. But I think it's going to be good. I've, I mean, I've watched the series. It's a good show. And I think once the ball starts rolling, we're going to be having a pretty good fucking time with it. Oh, yeah. I don't necessarily Absolutely. know if it's as lessonful as, like, Steven Universe is. But it's definitely, like, it's got, like, a lot of character meat to it. Mm-hmm. And interesting how the show, like, it going back, it is really weird how, like, okay, yeah, these feel like 30-minute episodes. And then when I watch Steven Universe, they also feel like 30-minute episodes. <laughs> you know what I mean, pacing-wise? Yeah. Like, because, like, this show doesn't I, feel long, even though it's three times longer than a fucking episode of Steven Universe is. I think it's just, like, because it, Steven Universe just doesn't do B-plots. That's the key thing about doing an 11-minute show, is you have... You only have a it's a plots all the time forever. Mm-hmm. And you don't have B plots, but there's not a whole lot of B plots going on in, like, say, episode one of this show. It's pretty a plotty. So anyways, interesting, interesting to have a show that's paced like a regular show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a change. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it, it. It feels good to watch still, though. Like it doesn't feel sluggish. Like it doesn't feel like we dedicated. Like watching the two episodes back to back doesn't feel like I spent a whole lot of time doing a thing. You know, though I guess because arguably they're not thirty minutes long. They're like what twenty five or something like that. I think the the standard it's like twenty two. Yeah, you're right. Is the standard yeah. TV episode. So they're only like arguably twice as long as an episode of Steven Universe. The Steven Universe is a tight eleven minutes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, um, yeah, you can. Dude, I've forgotten how we fucking do this show, August. Do we do plugs at the end of our fucking socials? No, not usually. I didn't think that we did. Um, somehow Twitter is still around. I would just assume that Twitter would be gone by now. Somehow still hanging around. Yeah. Very surprising. Which is great because I don't want to learn any new social medias. <laughs> yeah. Friends at the Table keeps talking about co-host and I'm just like, I can't. I can't co-host. I can't. I'm, I am I might try it out. but It's Tumblr, but... Also vaguely Twitter, but mostly Tumblr. I don't. The thing is, I don't I, I, I didn't interact with like Tumblr wasn't like a social media I really enjoyed. Like I like like I, I enjoy Tumblr. I still use Tumblr mm-hmm. and I enjoy it. It's just. Tumblr and Twitter is my maximum. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, as a podcast, 
it feels like it's harder to get traction on Tumblr. It is. Like, if somebody tried to live, like, live tweet or, like, you know, live comment through listening to an episode of our show on your Tumblr dash, that would be a fucking nightmare. It is. <laughs> um, so, but maybe co-host is better. Maybe they do threaded replies or something like that. So, like, that could fix things. I don't know. I might check out co-host. Maybe make the switch. Oh, well. Anyways. Um, oh, yeah. That's our in outro. Are we still doing the regular outro? Considering that you started this off with the Steven Universe watching podcast, I feel like we should still do the outro. That's true. We probably should still do, do the outro. I just think it's very funny that, like, I, you know, we're just a Steven Universe watching podcast and now watches the Owl House. We'll just watch, you know, we watch whatever it is we're watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, August, would you like to do the honors? Uh, sure. Um, in that case, dear listener, I ask that you consider being like Cookie Cat and shit. Fuck, I don't have anything. I mean, I guess Luz leaves her family, family behind. behind. She does it. Yeah, she does. She does leave her family behind. Peace. Peace.